So here we are. It's been about a month since we've been in this social isolation, distancing thing over COVID. The question is, what does the science tell us? And what can that do to influence our investments and other aspects of our life? A new study out of Stanford University certainly gives us some idea what may be going on. Let me tell you what it means to me as an investor and how it may impact future decisions. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks, and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing and our investments for your entertainment purposes. So let's talk about this study. If, you, if you've been following this, and I'm, I don't know how you couldn't follow it, but What's basically been happening is, as of today, which is uh, April 20th, uh, 2020, uh, there's different uh, talk in the United States of gradually moving people back to um, regular work or at least some type of work, easing some of the restrictions and social isolating. Here in Canada, there really hasn't been a lot of discussion about it, which is concerning to say the least. Now in uh, California at Stanford University, they did a really fascinating study. Let me talk to you about it a little bit and then talk about why I think it's important to us. On April 3rd and April 4th, they did a random testing process in a small town where they tested 3,300 people. And they tested them to see how many people of that sample um, had experienced or had the illness in the past. And they could do that through the blood testing they were doing to look for antibodies, as they call it. Well, at that time, there were just over a 1,000 people who had been diagnosed with COVID in that community. When they did their study, they found that the actual infection rate was 48 to 80 times. So rather than a 1,000 people, they estimate between 48 and 80,000 people had had COVID due to their exposure, but not having significant symptoms that would require hospitalization or even seeing the doctor. Some, no symptoms whatsoever. Well, what, why does that matter? Well, traditionally, if you look at the, the cases, we've talked about the number of people that have been diagnosed based on their condition. So the people that have been tested are people who have had significant conditions. People who don't have symptoms or people who have minor symptoms who don't go to get tested, who aren't tested, don't show up in the statistics. So when you see a statistic, for example, that out of a 1,000 people, unfortunately, 65 people don't make it or they die from the disease, it looks very scary. And, and, and we're not try, I'm not trying to minimize the, the deaths, whether it's one or, or two. It's, 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 it's horrific. But if you took that same number, say 60, and said out of 48,000 people, 
a 60 didn't make it, it sort of helps you understand the risk. And here's the thing. If this is true, if in, in Germany, I believe they felt that 14% of the population of one town had had COVID, but very few had come forth and been treated or needed to be treated, it, it tells you what's happening right now, maybe more of an experiment in having people go out and still isolating people who have pre-existing conditions or seniors who are vulnerable uh, to this disease. So they, they continue to be self-isolating, but others are able to go out and perhaps the strategy is to do what they call herd immunity, where more and more of the population develop the antibodies and fewer and fewer people can become affected. Regardless of what we think they're doing or what the possible reasons may be, the outcome looks like it's going to be the same. So there, as they begin to release uh, some of the restrictions, there will be more people who get infected, but there will also be more people who uh, develop the antibodies and continue to function quite well. So what's going to happen, I believe, is that there's going to be an opportunity for the sense of this thing moving into a different type of stage quicker or sooner than we originally thought. And what that means really has to do with the length of time of this. And I think economically, it's going to be different. Now, just as anything else, there are variables and you can't predict and we're always talking about coin flips and so you have to ask yourself if you flip a coin and does the coin tell you do, you do you think you have an ad advantage or you think it's more likely that we're going to have a long prolonged difficult process or a short one now I believe the science tells us that this is going to move through fairly quickly and probably within three to six months we'll be in a different place in a more positive place now, the problem with that, though, is there are a lot of politics at, at play here. So when you think about it, it was a lot easier in some ways to shut things down than it will be to open things up because the risk to the politicians of open things up is, is more significant in the sense of they were able to mitigate the, the population's unfavorable opinion of being shut down by talking about the horrific nature of the illness and the Stanford study sort of takes away some of that, but still, it, it is horrific if people um, are experiencing severe symptoms and then succumb to this disease. So that's obviously very significant. But so there's that piece. They were able to then add to that funding. So people who were told they had to self-isolate, which is pretty much most people in the world, were given financial inducements to do so. It didn't help everyone, but many people were, in fact, provided some source of income while they had to self-isolate. Now, the risk to moving back to becoming more involved in work and so on is, become, is going to be much of a higher risk because the, the fear, I would think, of, of many of these politicians would be that they need to continue to self-isolate. So let's say we gradually reduce the restrictions people go out and then there's another blip in conditions which there will be so immediately they react by shutting things down again which would again uh, cripple the ability of many small businesses and I, I found an interesting statistic the other day and I'm sure you've looked at this well over 95 percent of the economy is 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 derived from medium small to medium-sized businesses so 
many of these businesses may never open again, whether it be the corner restaurant or the service industry or whatever it may be. So those are the variables that sort of take away my argument about this science telling us, you know, three months, maximum six months, even without a vaccine, we're going to be moving forward. I do think, however, that the coin flip is sort of in the favor of three to six months, this being behind us in a significant way. I don't think it'll be totally behind us. I think there's going to be some significant upheaval when it comes to certain things that will never go back to being the same. And I'm hoping, for example, that this experience certainly helps magnify the issue that we have with how we take care of seniors in these nursing facilities. This didn't just start with COVID-19. There, there has been issues and issues about how we take care of those in the latter part of their lives who are elderly. So I think there's going to be some different requirements we're going to need to do to, to take care of people. And I think those will open up uh, different um, businesses that are win-win. A win for those of you who start them and a win for those who receive your services. We don't know quite what those are yet, but I'll talk about more of that in future podcasts. So the Stanford study is being replicated or, or repeated across the country, different uh, parts of uh, America, I understand in Canada as well. Also, it's going to be, it has been done in the States, uh, sorry, in, in Europe and will continue to be done. So there will be some understanding of the actual infection rate versus the severity of the fatalities and also the need to, to have hospitalization. So that is something that's coming uh, forward within the next few weeks. You're probably going to see some things happen on the uh, stock markets and also in the um, investment world. So the question is, what am I doing? Well, really not nothing. <laughs> I don't think uh, it's a time to, to take a lot of risk right now other than what's already out there. So I think I've told you in the past about 30% cash and some... Uh, some insurance products and not a lot of precious metals but some of those companies as well and and fairly confident with what's happening that uh, should there be another drop it'll either be a time to purchase or if we continue to move up as we have in the past two weeks it might be a time to take some more off the table i do think economically there's going to be some difficulties for the next few months because you know how quickly we can start back up and how they're able to do that is open uh, to discussion so that's the Stanford study. If you're going to be listening to more of this uh, science, look for uh, uh, antibody studies on COVID-19 and, and look at the population rate. Uh, if we really are looking at 14%, uh, that would mean uh, that in Canada, we're talking probably, what, 5 million people have already been affected. Um and in America, that would be uh, 45 million. So there's a significant number of people out there who may have uh, these antibodies because they've already been affected, which means when they open up again, they will be less likely to experience any difficulties or be able to, be, um, to pick up the virus. And I think that's one of the reasons why you're going to see broad antibody testing and, and people will be identified. So please stay safe. Uh, I was going to talk about two other uh, factors that, that you can control during COVID-19, but I'll leave that for the next show because we're running out of time. Uh, please be safe, and I look forward to speaking with you again next time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 